Uya, focusing on anger and finding out the source of the injustice, as we talked about, motivates us to take action. Right. Taking action allows us to hopefully correct those structural or systemic inequalities that exist. And our action can take the form of advocacy or representation or in simple ways like who or where we buy from in terms of our daily goods and needs. Yes. You know, I did appreciate last year's social justice collection where we discussed community care and its various forms. Yeah, I can't stress enough how one way of taking action can be about providing community care in any way we know how. And at the end of the day, Community care is about infusing this world with more compassion. That is so important to remember, but sometimes it is hard to do. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one that finds (laughs) it hard to do and do every day. I mean, I certainly am part of that. I sometimes call that the struggle bus. In any of it, (laughs) providing compassion, I have to remind myself, is a form of emotional labor. Uh And social justice work, after all, is tiring, which means mm-hmm. it's doubly important to take care of ourselves, of others, and to receive care from others, and to take breaks. Mm-hmm. And taking care of each other and receiving care from others is really the practical definition of community care. So, hello, hello, listeners. To end off our social justice collection for season five, it'd be appropriate for us to revisit episode 409, Community Care. Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg people. Siggy, as you noted, being an ally to communities that experience social injustice is one way of support. However, the broader concept of supporting communities that have endured social injustice can be broadly thought of as community care. Community care, what exactly is that? Good question, Sigs. Community care is demonstrating compassion to one another where members of that community utilize their influence and leverage their privilege to assist others. Now, what's important to keep in mind or what's embedded in this idea are two important notions. So the first is the demonstration of compassion and that we need to think of it as a shared responsibility. And the second important notion is those that provide care creates a tie that binds to others where they may receive care for themselves or ever finding themselves in need of such compassion. So in essence, community care are acts of compassion and kindness towards others that replenish them and provide you know, those communities that you're trying to take care of, the time to think and have space to breathe and feel. And so community care is not as Nikita Valerio, who is a community organizer and researcher, asserts, where we tell those in need of care that they should take care of themselves. 
Valerio says it best. She says, shouting self-care at people who actually need community care is how we fail people, right? So it's not about preaching to those communities that they should take care of themselves. That actually is quite privileged and is actually kind of speaking from either an ivory tower or a pedestal. Now, we can't take care of ourselves and can't expect others to take care of themselves unless the community is taking care of us. So... I think of it as this analogy. It's like saying to a drowning person in a toxic pool that they need to swim if they're hurting. <laughs> and it's also not enough to throw a life jacket at them. In fact, it's actually better and would be best to throw a rope-attached life preserver if we have that in our possession and then to pull that struggling person out of the toxic pool. No, I've said a lot. That's a really good I, I analogy. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it's a really good analogy because when you had said earlier, it's compassion is the shared responsibility. I sort of get it's sort of interlocked. Like, yes, we can say self-care and you need to do this, but are you equipped to share that? I think that analogy about a drowning person in a toxic pool, well, you'll need to swim. Okay, great. What else can I do aside from swim, right? Like offering that life preserver life jacket will help even more versus of just that. I like how you said that part of like shouting self-care. You should do self-care. What is that? And how do we develop that? How do we get to swim? And like, how do we get that life preserver or life jacket to get out of this pool? Yeah. And I think we have to pull them out of that toxic pool. Like that's kind of what it Mm -hmm. comes down to. Like how can we expect others to take care of themselves if the community isn't taking care of everybody? And so that is a big commitment, which is one of the principles of community care. It is the commitment to and having the initiative to supporting others. It's like what we talked about last year in our four-part social justice collection, that we just can't be clicktivists and that our support is ongoing and consistent and that providing community care means adopting a philosophy of caring or adopting a way of being. And it means being passionate and thinking about the welfare of others. And it's not just one person, it's everybody in that community. Can you imagine Uh if the entire world just started to become just a little bit more compassionate to one another or just a little bit more charitable or just a little bit more kinder? Perhaps there won't be as much stress or there might be a little bit less trauma or a little bit less depression or anxiety for that matter. So I think to myself that if we're thinking about self-care, we have to think about community care. That means we have to be and be part of a community that is committed to demonstrating acts of compassion to one another. And that these sustained acts of compassion amongst people, what that really means is about being mutual to one another Mm -hmm. or expressing mutuality. So it's like when you and I have mutual respect for each other, that's mutuality. This is like a second principle of community care to think about. Being part of a community that cares and providing community care means that we share a number of different things like sentiments or notions or as I had given as that example, respect. It means sharing what you have and offering to others what you have available. So if you have, coming back to our toxic pool analogy, if you have a rope-attached life preserver, why hoard it for yourself? Like it doesn't help anybody except yourself. And if you share it, 
the interesting part is this is, is that they may return the favor back to you the next time around right. if suddenly you find yourself in a toxic pool. So a third principle of community care is also premised on this abundance model. And I have to say, it's easy to think about how we can give and give and give, but then think in a very self-interested society that we live in today, what's in it for me? And Mm -hmm. this thinking is really predicated on a scarcity principle. Like, why should I give? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what am I going to get? And I think to myself, it will probably come back to you. You don't provide care just so that you can get it back in return. In fact, I would even say that you don't necessarily have to have that expectation. If you don't have that expectation, it really means kind of coming from this idea that there's enough for everyone to go around. It's this idea that there's not enough in the pie to give to everybody. (sighs) And I just think to myself, is that really true? I don't know that that's really true. You know, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but I'm trying to piece it together because I'd like when you talked about the principles, like commitment to me, and t- tell me if I'm on the right track on this. Commitment is mm. obviously like learning, learning and having that initiative, right? My commitment for community care would be for me to go out there and learn and educate myself, and with the sustained right. acts of like mutuality, if I learn and find good resources to share, that would like really bolster the mutuality of it, right? If I find the resources that help me learn on how to support others and become more educated or learn about different philosophies and and adopting different ways or whatever, me being able to share that type of knowledge with other people has that mutuality. But the abundance model, I agree with you. Like, sometimes you don't realize, like, it's that scarcity. What is it in for me? Sometimes when you're just acting and just doing this, you may influence other people, whether the actions mm-hmm. I learn or educating myself, you know, it could be a model for my kids or for my wife that, oh, you know, we do this because of this and uh, look what we're putting out there. Am I sort of on the right track? Yeah, you're totally on the right track. These three things kind of come together. And, you know, listeners, if this is a difficult concept to grasp, it is, right? It really means adopting a different mindset. It means that actually believing in that nice people finish first instead of the other way (laughs) around. And that the abundance model really speaks to this idea that a candle lighting an unlit candle, what does it lose? It doesn't lose anything. It's sharing its energy with an unlit candle that then lets it burn brightly too. And this society, at least North American and Western society, we focus, we focus a lot on how there isn't enough and that what's out there is scarce and that we got to accrue, accrue, and accrue. And we shouldn't give anything more than we absolutely need to. And if we do give, we have to ask the question, what's in it for me? But I'm of the opinion that if we work from an abundance model, it will come back to you somehow. It's about having Mm -hmm. faith about that. So, you know, when I think about community care, it is about adopting these three principles. It is a shift in your mindset, and it's a mindset of mutuality and committing to supporting others on a daily basis and believing that there's enough to go around. And I saw that beautifully demonstrated when I was in the Philippines at around about, Mm -hmm. I think it was around about 2018, I think it was perhaps. Oh, no, sorry, 2015 where we had visited my cousins in Pangasinan and they didn't have much to kind of go around. But what they did, 
they certainly shared with us. And it was incredible. We went there, we visited them, we were trying to look after some stuff and some business while we were there. But while we were visiting our cousins, they had actually made some fresh chicken adobo. And mm. what was incredible was they had plucked the chicken <laughs> and feathered, you know, defeathered the chicken from yeah. their backyard and they gave what they had, which wasn't much. They wanted to give us a feast. And let me tell you, they gave us a feast despite their resources and their means. And, you know, they, they didn't think twice about doing that for us. And it's like, well, we could have easily bought the chicken and but bought food, a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. But it was very important for them to give what they had. And it was a very humbling experience. Of course, I felt like a debt to them, but it wasn't like a debt that felt painful. It was like I just wanted to return the kindness and the compassion that they had. They were very attentive to the idea that we had traveled a long way and that they wanted to entertain us as as best as they could. Uh, And of course, we wanted to repay all of that, not in the sense that it's like we owe them. It was just Mm -hmm. that we wanted to share our wealth and what we had. And again, that's the mutuality piece and the sharing of resources as you had talked about too. And then afterwards, for the time that we spent in Bangasina, did we feel committed to wanting to support them? And even after the fact for that matter too as well. So I think to myself that this is a daily exercise, thinking about your community and wanting to care about your community and sharing what you have according to your resources. And that's what a substantive understanding of community care is all about. And if we're all able to do Mm -hmm. that, then people are able to take care of themselves and engage in proper self-care. That's well put. I also think too, that if we do engage in good community care, there's a lot of benefits to it. Some of the things that I think of in terms of the impact of community care is, of course, it eases social isolation, you know, and it improves well-being. But I think most importantly, community care is not only just about being kind and compassionate to your community or the community that you want to support on a daily basis. It promotes this idea of altruism, doing goodness for goodness sake. And when you're doing goodness for goodness sakes, it gives a lot of hope back, you know, and it lets people that might be struggling in that community that, you know, there is hope that you can get assistance. And what I also find interesting too, is that if you're being altruistic, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience, that you start to feel better. It makes the person who's providing the care to the community feel better. And in some ways, as you talked about and alluded to earlier, that as you start to share things and are compassionate and kind to others, that type of community care is contagious. Like others start to follow you, would you say? I totally agree. One good turn deserves another. And it's very simple, right? Mm. Like whether people are collecting clothes for a family or donations during the holidays or like we have some stuff, can we help you out? Or even on Facebook, there are buy nothing sites where families have toys, oh, you know what, Do you, I can instead of selling it, there are probably someone out there that could use it, right? And you see more mm-hmm. the people build up, whether it's holidays or not, going, you know what, some could use the our, our kids' jackets, their winter jackets, who needs them, right? And right. you see, like, just kindness pour through. I agree with you. It's, it is contagious. It makes you feel better. You know, it does make us feel better. 
And it's not about kind of easing any capitalist guilt that we might have or yeah. anything like that. <laughs> it is more about just knowing that we're making this world a better place. That is another kind of way of thinking about community care. But what you're starting to allude to are the different types of community care as well. When I kind of think that there oh. are three types of community care, and I think one are just kind uh-huh. of like what you were talking about, very simple daily but meaningful actions that you can take. So, you know, reaching out to those struggling. It's like when you text me and saying, you know, good luck on that presentation, Kuya, or whatever the case may be. Or when I've offered to my sisters to babysit the kids when they've needed a bit of respite (laughs) and replenishment and stuff like that. Little actions like that in terms of providing community care. And then then I think that there are more structured ways of caring for the the communities that we want to support or are part of, whether through volunteering. And I know that I've done that in terms of like pride parades that I've marched in and kind of helped out at, or as you were talking about donations that we can make on a regular basis, whether they be money or clothes or kids toys or whatever the case may be. I would also think too that other structured ways are sometimes professionals doing pro bono work. I certainly think that that's a another structured way of caring for the community and lending what you have and your resources. And then the other structured way is kind of creating recently what I've been seeing are community pantries and community lending oh, yes, and sharing mm-hmm. those resources. It's been fun to kind of walk around the neighborhood during the pandemic and see these and see community those? libraries yeah. kind of come to life. Yeah, it's been fun to see. And then, in fact, I saw actually a few video games, some Xbox and PS4 oh, nice. <laughs> video games actually placed in. So I thought, oh, that's really fun, right? In terms of just kind of sharing those resources. And then I think... The typical way that we have thought about community care is advocacy, such as protesting or organization or organizing, like campaigning or unions, you know, working together to kind of champion a particular cause. But SIGS, the funny part, or at least the ironic part that I find in all of this is, is that North American and Western society feels that, you know, this concept of community care is brand new. But I think as Filipinos... (laughs) <laughs> it is far from that. This is not, not a brand new concept, <laughs> right? It is not. Like when I no. describe community care to you, what does it sound like? It sounds like, I'm going to give you a story, and I've told this before. You've met my friend Diana, who is the godmother of Delaney, and her husband is the godfather of my son, mm-hmm. Mac. Diana is Filipino, and when I moved to Ottawa, There was a typhoon in the Philippines, and my family got affected with stuff. I maybe knew Diana through a friend, maybe for two weeks. Diana came to my house with donations for a Bollock buy-in box and money. No questions Mm -hmm. asked. She's like, oh, and called me. And no hesitation. with your family. No hesitation. She came in there with money from herself, from her hard work, and the money from her mom. Oh, Kui, I heard your family got affected. Here's some clothes. It's in our trunk. I hope you don't mind. Here's some money. Please give it to a Balak buy-in box for your parents, whatever our family can do. I didn't even know her from Adam. And this type of gesture of only two weeks of knowing her, it's just true. And you've called it before, by a Nihan spirit. No questions asked. It really You're is. What can I do to help? It was. That's. I think that's why she's my chosen family. I think it's so emblematic about 
that type of spirit. It's because we're we're Filipino. I know what our culture goes through, and I know Balak Bynes provides food. It provides hope. It provides something to those who don't have the opportunities that we do here in the Western society to provide. And for her, out of nowhere, to be like, oh, here's some stuff, whatever you can do and help. It's just, that's normal to me. And I say that in quotation marks, that community care is is not something new to us and our culture. Yeah, in fact, I would almost say that community care slash Bayanian for the Filipino community, it is not a new idea. We, in fact, find it very routine to do. How often do you talk to parents or Filipino families where it's like, how is this person doing? Can we do anything to help them? So I think as Filipinos, we naturally do community care. In fact, we have a good grasp of community care. And in fact, I think North Americans and Westerners that are just glomming onto this idea of community care could really learn from us in terms of how we demonstrate and express community care through Bionian spirit or community spirit. So I think that that's something to think about, that our community spirit is indeed a form of community care and that Bionian is very much loving your community and lending your assistance because you can and that every person can play a part in helping everyone move forward. Of course, the natural example that people think of in terms of Bionian, of expressing Bionian, is that Lipat Bahai. People kind of carrying a Nipa hut to then take over That's to a right. different place. But you wonderfully mentioned this <laughs> example of the Balak Bayan box, putting things in, and that when people receive that, that they're getting assistance and people are sharing, again, the wealth. Another concept threaded into Bayanian and community care is, is that we do indeed share the wealth. What a wonderful gesture, what kind of messages, and to know that someone somewhere on the other side of the world is thinking. So community care, is it a new concept for us? I don't think so. No. But I think it's interesting that North American Western society is really catching on to this idea of community care. And I think to myself, this is one of these Filipino social values that I hope gets to be more, I hope gets to be promoted across the world a little bit more. Because if the entire world practiced a little bit of Bayanian, where would we be? I bet you in a much more better place. So that takes us to the fixing of the week for the first part of our four-part collection of social justice this year, 2022. Imagine that, 2022, Sigs, which is to practice kindness and compassion daily. Find a way of practicing kindness and compassion daily because that will help take care of the community that you support or the community that you're in which will then facilitate everyone being able to take care of themselves. Or, if you're Filipino, just do what you naturally do anyway. Express your Bayanian spirit. Sigs, is there anything else to kind of add before you take us out? No, I find your fixing is very, very applicable right now. We've been through pandemic and a lot of people are showing this community care. And mm. we hope it keeps on going. So on that note, Kuya... Listeners, Hello Hello listeners, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for a future topic for the Hello Hello podcast, email us at hellohallopopculture at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hello Hello Pop and on Instagram at Hello Hello Pop Culture. The Hello Hello podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Please rate us and leave a review. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chel Turingen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon, folks.